Everyone is afraid of something. It could be bugs, spiders, or losing control of a situation. Join us, ladies, on Clutch, a podcast by real girlfriends across America. Clutch by real girlfriends across America. We gotta give these ladies a makeover. Funny sometimes you feel like you're always sitting on the show. I'm like, oh wow, that's really good to know. A lot of women experience some of them. Clutch has like a lot of different kinds of interests. Real Girlfriends Across America is a company that has the foundation and mission to build lifelong friendships with women across the globe. Here on the line, I have some of my favorite girlfriends, so please, one by one, identify yourself. We'll start with 207. Good evening. My name is Kelahar. How's everybody doing? And how are you tonight? Good, thank you. And thank you, Alexis. We, we did not get the chance to t- uh, tell you yesterday. Happy belated birthday, Kelly! <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Next, we'll go to two six seven. Please identify yourself. This is C. Okay. Um, 404. What up, what up, what up? Tawanda. And 209. Hey, hey. Clutch. Okay, that was totally random. And 209, I'm sorry. I said it's Kay. Oh, hi, Kay. Thank you for tuning in. Mm -hmm. So tonight I wanted to talk about fears and phobias. What's the difference? Because there actually is a difference between a fear and phobia. Because when I thought of phobias, I automatically think of you're afraid of something, or you have a fear of something. But then when you say fear, it also means you're afraid of something. So what is the difference? So what is fear? Fear is a natural, powerful, and primitive human emotion. It involves a universal biological response, as well as a high individual emotional response. Fear often alerts us to the presence of danger or the threat of harm, whether the danger is physical or psychological. However, sometimes people also have fears of something that is not physically there. So then if you look at the definition of phobia, it says a phobia is a type of anxiety disorder that causes an individual to experience extreme irrational fear about a situation, living creature, place, or thing. So my first question to you ladies is, did you know the definition of fear and phobia, and did you think they were the same thing or different? My uh, first one, let's go with Tawanda. You would go to me differently. When I think about fear and phobia, I never really thought about it. I can think, as I think about them now, like, I can see what the difference is, but as far as if there were a difference, I never really, like, associated it together, if that makes sense. And what about you, Kay? Did you know the definition of fear and phobia, and did you associate them together or different? 
Okay. Okay. We'll come back to her. What about you, Steve? I'm sorry, you said what about me? Were you Justin Karan or C? Yes, I said C. Okay, I apologize. Um, I you know, I never thought about it um before to think about the difference. I maybe I thought they they were very similar. And last but not least, Kelly, did you know the definition of a fear and a phobia and did you associate them together or different? Uh, did I know the definition? Um, well, I feel that phobia is more of a disease and fear is temporary. Fear, usually people can overcome fear more so than they can uh, with phobia. So fear is comprised of two primary reactions to some type of perceived threat. It's either biochemical or emotion. A biochemical reaction. Fear is a natural emotion and a survival mechanism. When we confront a perceived threat, our bodies respond in specific ways. Physical reactions to fear include sweating, increased heart rate, and high adrenaline levels that make us extremely alert. This is where the, quote, flight or fight response comes from. So in other words, when we are faced with fear or fear confronts us or vice versa, if it is biochemical, our body goes through changes, yes? Our heart starts to accelerate. We start getting sometimes high adrenaline. Sometimes we start sweating, and our body basically goes through a phase that is fight or flight. Most people, believe it or not, will choose the flight part where they run away from fear while some people will choose to stay and fight. An emotional response to fear, on the other hand, is very personal because fear involves some of the same chemical reactions in our brains that positive emotions like happiness and excitement do. Feeling fear under certain circumstances can be seen as fun like when you watch scary movies, right? So before tonight, when you guys look back on fear, did you ever experience that flight or fight emotion or phenomenon, Corinne? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I remember, like, one time, um, I left, I think I shared this story before, um, I had left my house late at night, um, and I, you know, when I left out, I wasn't here for at the time, um, but it wasn't until, like, I, someone had stopped me or tried to stop me to ask me for directions, um, and I never even turned back to see who it was, um, but when I said I didn't know, because it was nighttime, it was, like, 3 o'clock in the, in the middle of the night um, or in the morning, and um, long story short, they had asked me about the directions. I said I didn't know. Then they asked me about another direction for another place. And I said I didn't know. And they said, well, what do you mean you don't know where um, that is? So I, um, I heard them walking faster, so I just started to run. Um, so, yeah, by the time I turned back around, they wasn't there anymore. Um, so, yeah, I definitely was fearful after, you know, the dialect after a while, and it sounded like they were, like, you know, trying to quickly approach me. Okay. And what about you, Kelly? Have you ever been in a situation where you experienced flight or fight? I was in a situation where I experienced flight. I had, uh, it was about July, and uh, it was July month, and my boyfriend and I had, a misunderstanding so I separated from him and at that time we were out in California and behind his house there was a big yard it was just all forest that had not been developed and still to this day it is not developed and they had all different kind of animals 
uh, wildlife back there. And I just took a walk in deep into the forest. I must have gone on foot maybe three, four hours deep into the forest. And I came upon this area where it was um, not swampy, but it was kind of dry, deserty looking uh, with branches. They were still greens. And about, I'd say, 500 yards from me, there were two lions. Um, but they looked thin, so they must have been females because the, uh, if it had been a male lion, uh, he would have had his mane, right? But these were skinny, and they were not as beautiful as a, as a lion, right? So these lionesses, and they were hunting around on the ground looking for food. And, I, again, I was like 500 feet from them. And when they heard me stepping on the shrubs, they looked as if they were going to come towards me, and I just took off in flight, and I just ran and ran and ran and ran and uh, kept running until I got back to where I did not stop until I went back to the opening. There was a gate, by the way, that would separate the, you know, the regular um, residential area from that forest, which was part of the backyards. And that was it. That was when I experienced a fear and flight of fear. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess you were extremely lucky that day because, believe it or not, the worst thing that you can do when you encounter a predator that is known to chase its prey is to run. However, um, probably because you were 500 feet away or maybe because they – you were just extremely lucky that day. They decided not to chase you because lioness and tigers and stuff like that do chase their prey to take them down. But they have to get extremely close because they can't run very far at top speed. So they prefer mm-hmm. to get as close to their prey as possible. So if it ends up in a chase, they can take down their prey very quickly other than a long-distance run like a cheetah or something else. So what about you, Wanda? Have you ever been in a situation where you went through fear and it was a flight or fight response? Not really. Um, The only type of flight or fight situation that I could think of – I pretty much like to control my surroundings and situations as much as I possibly can. I don't like live life scared, but I just live life cautiously. Um, So the only thing I can think of that had me compromised was I probably was like 18 or 19 years old. And I'm from a small town in South Carolina, which is like in the country. So we would walk to the store. And the store was probably about a mile, a mile going and coming. Um, And one day, we were coming back from the store. I been my sister and I, my brother and I, and a big dog. Like, I used to be terrified of dogs. And a big dog, um, we, walk, we walked past the house, and the dog was not, the dog, <laughs> the dog was not locked up that day because we knew that the person had a big dog at one of the houses, and the, the house was, like, dead in the middle, like, between the store and where we live. And so as we walked past, we heard the dog barking, and looked back, and the dog was behind us. Mm. And I said, I'm going to die because I, you've heard the saying, you got to run for your life. Well, that day I felt like I was running for my life because I did not want that big dog to catch up with me. And I was running, 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 running. And I'm like, ah. Oh. And then I got tired. <laughs> and I stopped running. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to die because I'm tired now. Like, I couldn't run no more. And I have no idea what happened, but the dog stopped too <laughs> and turned back around. And I'm like, ooh, thank you, Lord. So for about a couple of minutes, I was running for my life. And then when I couldn't run for my life anymore, I stopped. And uh, and then the dog stopped. So that was like the only time I ever felt like I was running for my freaking life. And if the dog would have literally came up to me, I honestly have no idea what I would have done other than scream and say, Go. I mean, I have no idea. Well, I have been in a situation where I'm not really sure if it was 
fight or a flight, but I made the decision to fight. I used to work for Macy's, and the store was closed, and we were, um, I was going to get a rolling rack so I can put all the clothes on the rolling rack to be put back tomorrow. And one of our security personnel thought it would be funny to try to grab me from behind to scare the crap out of me. And it was caught on a video camera because when he tried to make a grab for me, instead of screaming or trying to break free and run away, I almost decked him in his face. Because when he grabs me, he wanted to yell, he yelled, gotcha. And, and, and so I already had my hand in a fist, so I turned around really quickly to duck him. And had he not moved his head back at the last second, my fist would have connected to his face. Yeah, it was caught on camera. And I did not find it very funny that he tried to scare me. And the only amusing thing was because there was somebody in the security camera manning the cameras. They saw it. So when it was time to go home and everybody had to go through the employee door, um, the guy who saw it on camera, he was like, if you only had been quicker another second, you would have decked him in his face and he would have deserved it. Yeah, but for that, for whatever reason, my my body didn't experience the flight part. It just experienced the fight part. Hey, are you back? Hey. Okay, guess not. So we're going to move over to phobia. So when a person has a phobia, they will often shape their lives to avoid what they consider to be dangerous. The imagined threat is greater than any actual threat posed by the cause of terror. Phobias are diagnosable and are sometimes thought of mental disorders. The person will experience intense distress when faced with the source of their phobia. This can prevent them from functioning normally and sometimes lead to panic attacks. In the United States alone, approximately 19 million people have phobias. Phobias are more serious than simple sensations are and, uh, excuse me, getting tongue-tied, and are not limited to fears of specific triggers. So my question to you, ladies, are Tawanda, do you have any phobias, and does it affect the way you live your life? Yes. I actually never thought that I had a phobia until we got a worldwide pandemic, and that definitely has been a phobia for me, and hopefully it'll go away soon. And it's affecting my life because I don't want to come out. And when I say I don't want to come out, meaning I only go out where I need to. You know, when I first heard about, like, the coronavirus, like, in mid-March, I thought, yeah, more fake news. And then as I kept saying, when the schools close, I'm like, oh, shit, this got to be for real. And I left Atlanta and went to South Carolina where my mother my mother lives. At that time in South Carolina, they had like 50 cases. And then they turned to having over 3,000 in one particular county. And, um, yeah, so that really concerned me. So I don't even know if I could really call it a phobia, but it did affect how I live. Like, I love to go place to burn the road up, and even when I travel and go to a hotel, I have my gloves, my mask, my um, hand sanitizer. I'm like, stay away from me, stay away from me. <laughs> and, you know, everybody's trying to practice social distancing, but it, it did alter my life, and it's, it's concerned me because there's so much uncertainty with it. At first they said, oh, if you were, like, older, you're going to die, and if you're this, you're that. Now it's just like, hey, it just depends. It jumps from person to person. So, yeah, I don't know if that can be considered a phobia or not, but if it is, that is definitely my phobia. 
actually, that is a phobia. I just don't have the name off the top of my head. But there are people who are afraid to come out. Like, they prefer to stay within the safety of their homes. They're afraid to come out into the world. I'm not saying that's your specific phobia, but there are people out there like that, and it is normal to be afraid to come out during this worldwide pandemic because, as everyone knows by now, a lot of people could have the virus and just not show symptoms, and it's a very unstable world out there. And I'm not saying, oh, everybody go hide under a rock and not come out. Like, we, like for some, that might work. For others, that might not. If you do choose to break the barrier and come out inside the world, people, wear your mask. Seriously, wear your mask and social distance. And may I suggest hand sanitizer? But like, come on, let's just all stay safe. So what about you, Corinne? Do you have a phobia, and it, and has it affected the way you live your life? Um, I think I'm about to get used. Um, <laughs> um, so when I was younger, I had a lot of phobias just because I, my OCD was bad when I was younger. Um, now it's actually, to me, it's good because I just clean a lot when um, I'm happy. <laughs> but... Um, when uh, the one phobia that I still had since I was younger is a phobia of milk. Did you just say milk? <laughs> yeah, milk. I'm not uh, making fun I, of you. I'm just making sure that I heard you right. Why are you so afraid of milk? <laughs> I don't know. I've always been like that since I was younger. I can't touch it. Well, I mean, I'm now I'm a little bit better because of when my godson was born, um, I had to kind of get over some of that, but it's it's better. Um, I remember the first time I had to, like, touch his bottle, and I was telling his mom, like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, and I literally, like, cried because I didn't want, want the milk touching my skin, um, but I had to do that because I obviously I couldn't burn the baby if the milk was too hot. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't, it makes me gag the thought of it. Well, okay, now we know that that does her life. So what about you, Kelly, before we go to break? Do you have a phobia, and does it affect the way you live your life? Well, um, thank God, so far, I really cannot pin phobias. I'm pretty um, stable when it comes to that. Like I said, thank God, I do not, other than the fear in the forest of those, lioness trying to where I knew they were hungry so I have a a perception of safety but I would not consider that I have any phobias no I do not okay and with that we'll be right back after the break become a patron of clutch by the real girlfriends across America by supporting creators you love on Patreon, you're becoming an active participant in the creative process. As a member, you receive exclusive content, community access, behind-the-scenes updates, and the pride of viewing work that matters to you. Joining is easy. Visit patreon.com backslash realgirlfriends across America. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash realgirlfriends across America. Every donation helps. Clutch on to your drinks while we listen to today's trending news story. Before there was a hashtag exercise that vote, Katy Perry, Amy Schumer, and more celebrities are exercising at home thanks to a Zoom workout led by actress Jane Fonda. The stars teamed up for a ballot blaster workout video called Exercise That Vote, which aims to prompt people to register and vote in the upcoming presidential election. 
Schumer, Perry, her fiance Orlando Bloom, Kerry Washington, Vanessa Hudgens, Ken Jeong, Ashley Benson, and Shaquille O'Neal were all part of the video. Hello, class. We're bringing back the, the movement. We need you to be in shape for the upcoming race. Fonda82 said, wearing a bright red top and matching sweatband. We need you to be strong. I need you to be laser focused. I need you to be fully committed at the task at hand. So let's get ready to exercise our right to vote. And we are back. So, Kay, are you back? Are you there? Sorry, I was having technical difficulties. It's okay. So my question is, do you have a phobia, and does it affect the way you live your life? I do, uh, but it doesn't – okay, I'll answer in two parts. So my major phobia is of roaches. Um, I just – if I even see one, I have nightmares of them crawling down my back. Like, legit, I won't be able to sleep at night, so I can't see them. Um, let's see. The other one, it's not really a phobia, but it affected me a lot when I was having severe um, anxiety episodes. I haven't had one for many years now, thank God, but uh, many, many years back, I would say almost 10 years ago, I went through a severe um, depressive anxiety episode that um, caused me to have, a, I would say, a breakdown, like a, like, yeah, it was a breakdown, and um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was like an obsessive compulsive episode. Yeah, so I, I guess it doesn't really. I don't know if it counts as a phobia, though. So. Anyways, that's it. Well, for me, I don't know if I would say I have a phobia because I don't have the fear or the – it doesn't really affect my life, though. I just don't like being out. I am one of those people that just prefer to be to myself. I prefer to stay home. I prefer to do what I need to do and stuff like that. I don't have a fear of leaving my house. I just don't. I'm not one of those people who enjoy going out just to look at the stores or things like that. I just don't. And for some people, they're like, well, is it because of your size? Is it because you have a fear of leaving your house? Is it because you have a fear of other things? And I don't really think so. I'm just one of those people that just prefer to keep to myself, and I'm happiest when I'm left to my own devices. Because let's just be honest, as much as I am a friendly person and as much as I do like talking to people and I love talking to you ladies here at Clutch, sometimes my favorite moment of the day it's when I'm left the hell alone and there's nobody in my house. My sister, if she is home, is doing whatever it is on her own and nobody is bugging me. Nobody is texting. Nobody is calling. Like, work emails have been answered and it's just quiet where I can watch my YouTube videos and see. Does that make me an awful person that I just am one of those people who just not prefer to be around people? No. <laughs> different. Sometimes people oh, okay. suck, honestly. So some of the symptoms when you experience fear are sometimes they include chest pain, they include chills, they include dry mouth, nausea, rapid heartbeat, shortness of breath, sweating, troubling, and upset stomach. In addition to the physical symptoms of fear, people may experience psychological symptoms of being overwhelmed, upset, feeling out of control, or a sense of impending death. So how is fear diagnosed? 
So if you're experiencing all these things and let's just say you choose to go to the ER and you describe all these symptoms, they're definitely going to run tests. But if it comes back that you're not having a heart attack, you're not, there's like, it's not a symptom of any other disease out there, most likely they're just going to send you home and just say it's one of those weird things because in my honest opinion, when you experience certain symptoms, the best person to talk to is your personal doctor because your personal doctor is the one that has all your medical history. They know you as a person. And when you go to an ER, the doctors there don't know you. They're just reading their chart. They don't know you as a person. They just see you as a patient who has these symptoms that they're trying to treat. You try to get you your treatment in a timely manner, and if you don't need any treatment, to get you out of the ER as quickly as possible so the next person can come in. So it is suggested that you talk to your doctor if you're experiencing persistent and excessive feeling of fear. Your doctor may conduct a physical exam and perform lab tests to ensure that your fear and anxiety are not linked to an underlying medical condition. Your doctor will also ask questions about your symptoms, including how long you've been having them, their intensity, and situations that tend to trigger them. Depending on your symptoms, your doctor may diagnose you with a type of anxiety disorder. And believe it or not, phobia is an anxiety disorder. So anxiety. So what are the symptoms of phobia? Right. The symptoms are a sensation of uncontrollable anxiety when exposed to the source of fear, a feeling that the source of that fear must be avoided at all costs, not being able to function properly when exposed to the trigger, acknowledgement that the fear is irrational, unreasonable and exaggerated combined with an inability to control these feelings and sometimes you will also experience sweating abnormal breathing accelerated heartbeat trembling hot flashes or chills a choking sensation chest pains or tightness butterflies in the stomach pins and needles dry mouth confusion and disorientation Nausea, dizziness, and headache. A feeling of anxiety can be produced simply by thinking about the object of the phobia. In younger children, parents may observe that they cry, become very clingy, or attempt to hide behind the legs of a parent or an object. They may also throw tantrums to show their distress. So those are the symptoms. So how is the phobia diagnosed? The same way that a fear is, and the treatment for phobia is sometimes medication and or therapy, right? Behavior therapy and therapy in general. So my question to you ladies now is, now that you've heard about the symptoms you might, a person might experience, you know the definition of a fear and a phobia. Have you ever witnessed this in someone that you know? Um, yeah, I, I want to say that I have witnessed that in, in someone that I know. Um, actually, yeah, I could think of something. I have a friend who is afraid of balloons, um, so she can't be near them and yeah, to me, she has an abnormal reaction when she's around balloons. Okay. And what about you, Kelly? Have you ever observed these um, symptoms or know a person in your life who either has a fear or phobia? Kelly? Oh, I'm sorry. I had the mute on. I'm so sorry. Yes, I've begun to respond. I apologize. Um, yes, I have. I we were at a um, 
jazz dinner banquet and um, there was this young lady and they were giving us a tour of the building that we were apparently they had already designed and had gotten ready to demolish. So they gave us the last tour of this building and this young girl uh, was terrified of elevators and believe it or not, um, they convinced her somehow to get onto this elevator and we were going up and the elevator was going upstairs and all of a sudden the elevator just like shook, like it was coming back down without its hinges. It was the most scariest thing. And we were like, you know, this girl has dysphobia and it's best for her to take the steps next time <laughs> instead of convincing her to come onto the elevator with us. See, here's the thing. Unless a person knows what it is like to have a fear or phobia, a lot of people don't seem to understand that fear and phobias are real. And people who have a phobia towards something, it might not be real to us, but it is real to them. And they can't control how they feel. So in that situation, if someone told me they had a phobia of elevators, I wouldn't try to convince them to get on the elevator. I'll just tell them, well, there's are stairs over there. Do you want me to take the stairs with you? But, yeah, for people who have phobias, it's very real to them. And what about you, Tawanda? Have you ever witnessed someone in your life going through these symptoms or know someone who has a fear or phobia in your life? The thing that's coming to mind is really a kid. I can't remember whose kid it was. might have been one of my friend's kids, but they were scared of a clown. And I think we were on the call a few nights ago and someone else mentioned being scared of a clown. Well, the kid might have been five or six, but they definitely, it wasn't fear. It had to be some type of phobia because every time they would see a clown, whether it was at a party or on TV, they would have a meltdown and start screaming refusively. So that's the only thing that I can think of that comes to mind. So maybe you'll say that's actual fear, but um, but I'm thinking it was a phobia because, again, anytime, even if it was a magazine, like this kid did not want to see no clown. He thought it was a monster. Well, see, for a fear and a phobia, I am not – a psychologist or a psychiatrist. So I do know that for it to be a phobia, you have to meet a certain criteria. Everyone has fears, but not everybody can be diagnosed with anxiety disorder and be labeled as having a phobia. Because a phobia actually does affect the quality of life. It actually causes you not to be able to live your life in a normal way. And a lot of people will be like, well, what's your definition of normal, right? Everyone has a different definition of normal. What may be normal for me might not meet the criteria of normal for another person. So the only way that you can get diagnosed and or seek out treatment is to talk to your doctor. Your doctor, I'm sure if they're not a psychiatrist and or a psychologist, can recommend you to somebody who has the training, who can diagnose you, who can get you the help that you need. And a lot of times with therapy and or medication, it can help you live your life in a way where your phobia is not completely gone, but you can control it versus it controlling you. So the question of tonight's show is, what's the difference between fear and phobia? Well, according to an article from Psych Times, it says psychologists often make a distinction between fear and phobias. A fear is an emotional response to a real or perceived threat. Fears are common in the population are often thought of normal or at least slightly normal reactions to objects or events. For example, many people fear spiders 
they experience a mild to moderate anxiety reaction when they see a spider. However, a phobia is similar to a fear with one key difference. The anxiety the person experiences is so strong that it interferes with their quality of life and or their ability to function. Whereas many people fear spiders, only a small subsection of the population will meet the criteria for a spider phobia. People who have a spider phobia often spend considerable time worrying about spiders, spend an inordinate amount of time ensuring they do not come in contact with the spider and will often, and not often, sorry, and will avoid at all costs places and activities in order to avoid spiders. Making a distinction between a fear and a phobia is useful because they are very different problems. So my last question to you ladies is, now that you know the difference between a fear and a phobia, would you say you have a fear and, or a phobia with what you shared earlier? Tawanda, do you have a fear of going out of your house in this pandemic, or would you classify it as a phobia? I would classify it as a phobia. Okay. And what about you, Corinne, with milk? Um, yeah, no, it's a phobia. And you, Kelly, well, I would classify you as fear because you said you didn't have any phobias, right? That is correct. Yes, that is correct. And what about you, and what about you Kay? Did you share with us if you had a phobia or not? Oh, yes, you did. So would you clarify that as a fear or a phobia? Um, I mean, it gives me nightmares. <laughs> like, I think that's pretty deep. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I would. I would say it's a phobia. I just. I can't see them as a problem. Okay. So, believe it or not, there are so many types of phobia out there. Right. People are afraid of even the simplest things and or the most weird. So I found the definition of a specific phobia is this is an intense, irrational fear of a specific trigger. A social phobia or social anxiety. This is a profound fear of public humiliation and being singled out or judged by others in a social situation. The idea of large social gatherings is terrifying for someone with social anxiety. It is not the same as shyness. Agoraphobia, this is the fear of situations for which it will be difficult to escape if a person were to experience extreme panic, such as being in a lift or being outside of the home, it is commonly misunderstood as a fear of open spaces, but could also apply to being confined in a small space, such as an elevator or being on public transport. People with agoraphobia have an increased risk of panic disorders. So some of the most common phobias uh, are, believe it or not, claustrophobia, fear of being in constricted, confined spaces, aerophobia, fear of flying, arachnophobia, fear of spiders, driving phobia, fear of driving a car, emetrophobia, fear of vomiting, zoophobia, fear of animals, Aquaphobia, fear of water. Acrophobia, fear of height. Blood, injury, and injection. Billphobia, fear of injuries involving blood. So, ladies, off the top of your mind, do you know of any other phobias that you have heard of, Tawanda? Uh, 
sitting here trying to think of other types. You know, what about a phobia of heights or water? Aquaphobia is fear of water. Okay, okay, aqua. I didn't hear you say aqua. (laughs) Okay, well, you you got it covered. (laughs) Did you do the one of fear of falling? No, I did Did not. Did you do agoraphobia? I I falling and I didn't get up. Was agoraphobia no, mentioned? Agoraphobia? No, agoraphobia was mentioned. That's not a fear of falling, though. Huh. That's so a that's fear true. of going out, leaving the home, agoraphobia. Yeah. No, I forgot to mention that one. I actually have a fear of falling. Like, I can't really ride on horses. I can't walk over grates on the ground. Yeah. Okay. So the fear of falling offers... It's also referred to as bathophobia or bassephobia, and it is classified as a natural fear and is typical of most humans and mammals in varying degrees of extremity. It differs from arachrophobia, the fear of heights, although the two fears are closely related. So that's interesting. What about you, Kelly? Do you know of any other phobias? Uh, not at the moment. No, I do not. <laughs> no. And what about you, Corinne? Um, the only one I could think of was FOMO, fear of missing out. A lot of people do really do experience that FOMO, fear of missing out. Well, I certainly hope you ladies learn something about fears and phobias and the difference. I actually learned a lot tonight where I did not even realize what a phobia really was because when I think of a phobia, I just think they're afraid of something, right? Phobia to me just means you're afraid of something. But being afraid sometimes is not necessarily a bad thing. I did not realize a phobia is actually an anxiety disorder that is real for a lot of people. And I'm not, like, for me, in all honesty, in closing thoughts tonight, if you do meet someone who is afraid of something or you have someone in your life who is afraid of something, whether it's a fear or a phobia, please don't make fun of them. It might not be real to you, but it is real to them. And for them, they're probably so afraid and it does affect the quality of their life. Just like agoraphobia, it says they fear that it's common they're afraid of being in an elevator. And for that young lady who was convinced to get on the elevator, as Kelly said, it probably was so terrifying for her when that elevator went down without attention or not being able to stop. So for her, I can guarantee you that lady is never going to get into the elevator again. I wouldn't because if I were afraid and that were to happen to me, eh, yeah, no, not getting in on the elevator. So ladies, any closing thoughts? before we close out tonight? Um, I think for people who have phobias, if it is severely affecting your life, it's important to get um, to get professional assistance. Um, I mean, there are some phobias that don't really affect your life. Like, for example, my fear of roaches, as long as I don't see one, I'm fine. Like, I'm good. <laughs> so it's not something I need help for. <laughs> but, so you know, I for other you- people... Go ahead. So I guess for so I guess for you, you're gonna avoid going into the insect house at the zoo because I believe there are roaches right. in there, but they're in glass. Yeah, I'm not going there. But um, <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know. For people who are afraid of going outside, like agoraphobia, like that really affects your life and how you how you are able to live. Like you you really do need to get professional help in order to beat that fear. So yeah. Tawanda, any closing thoughts? Nah, very interesting call. <laughs> but nah, I'm good. I'm good on autophobias for now. <laughs> Corinne, any closing thoughts? Uh, now that I shared my phobia, I'm kind of afraid to go on a grocery trip, you guys. <laughs> I'm going to really no. put you under the bus now, Corinne. No, I know. 
You know what, Corinne, in all honesty, thank you so much for sharing your phobia of milk. I wouldn't make fun of you for it because to you, you have a real fear of milk. So you know what? If you were ever to come over to my house, I guess I'm just not going to have milk in my refrigerator. Thank you. I might shove it in the back of the freezer or the back and cover it up with other things in the fridge. But now I wouldn't expect you to touch the milk carton or anything like that. What about you, Kelly? Any close thoughts? I definitely agree with that. That phobia is a real thing for the individual that is suffering from it. And I am thankful uh, for today's podcast show. Um, and Alexis, thank you for the study and the information, and it's very, very useful and for us to be in respect that when we come in contact with someone that is experiencing a phobia, to respect them and uh, to treat it accordingly, to try to keep them as calm as possible. And with that, that, listeners, I certainly hope you learned something. I hope that if you have a fear and or a phobia, you are receiving the health care that you yourself need so you're able to function. If you do encounter someone or know someone who has a fear or phobia, encourage them to get the help that they need. And please do not make fun of them because as we all learn here tonight, phobias are real. It might not be real to us, but it's It is real to the person who's experienced them. So just be kind. Be kind makes the world go around a lot better. And with that, I want to wish everyone a good night. And join us here tomorrow on Clutch, a real podcast by Girlfriends Across America for a brand new topic. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Clutch, a podcast by Real Girlfriends Across America. Clutch onto us tight by following us on all of our social media platforms. This includes Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Like, share, and follow us. Did you miss the episode? Don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are being played, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Speaker. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube by searching for Real Girlfriends Across America and visit our website at www.realgirlfriends.org. And until next time, touch on to your best friend and stay tuned.